also Forgotten Hardcore Part 2. Um, before we get into it, uh, you put out you your band uh, put out a little thing on a comp. You want to talk about that real quick? Just a, a quick little promo. So we recorded a cover, a Go It Alone cover. One of our favorite Go It Alone songs off Vancouver Gold statement. Um, we recorded it actually back in October. We did it all ourselves, and we were actually going to use it to put it on tape to sell whenever we would be touring and playing some fests. But being that those aren't happening or, or are postponed, we were kind of just sitting on the song, and we found out that our label, Safe Inside Records, was wanting to put out a COVID-19 fundraiser comp, and they asked if we had any unreleased music that we'd been sitting on. And we were like, actually, we do. So we had that song, so we got them to put that on there. And, yeah, I mean, it's a cool comp. Um, all the proceeds, or I'd have to pull the actual page up because it's kind of long, but... It's going basically, like, all you need to know is it's going to help those in need that are feeling financial hardships from this pandemic. And as far as I know, the label is matching donations or something like that for whatever they make. Don't quote me on that, but I think that's what it is. But it's a cool comp. There's lots of cool stuff on there. There's a new um, FOM song, new Stepping Stone song. This band Sunset has a... Unre- or I don't know if it's unreleased, but a new song on there, a new Chemical Fix song, and then there's a bunch of other songs from bands on and not on Safe Inside Records. Yeah, all good shit. Um, I think that Sunset, that has like members of Harvest, right? Yeah, I want to say the guitar player was in Young Turks from Portland. Could be. Don't know. I, 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 I think that's one of the first tracks. It's pretty fucking good. Yeah, I haven't listened to the whole thing. Rocks. Um, it kind of reminds me of um, parts of it. Kind of remind me of like old Hopecon, but like not quite as moshy, but still in that vein. I can see it. Uh, yeah, we're gonna talk about Hopecon, of course, in a minute because yeah. that's on our that's on our list. Um, my question, I think, and I wonder how many um kids have will hopefully like. I wonder how many young kids listen to rejection pack that don't kind of know the wave of hardcore that you, that your band specifically pulls from. I think, I don't, I mean, I don't know. I don't think that we have like necessarily like the youngest listeners, but I think I'll look at like, Oh, it's the age range and our like insights or whatever. And it's usually like 24 to whatever the fuck, like 29, I think. And then, um, like, I know there are younger kids, but I think it's, like, a good bit of people that listen to our band probably know who Go It Alone is. Like, because I feel like what the style of hardcore we play, it's not super weird or anything, but it's definitely, like, of a certain, like, niche, you know? But that was kind of one of our hopes was, oh, we really like this band. Hopefully people that don't know who they are will check it out because... More often than not, the same like ten or twelve bands always get covered. Like, yeah, I love Gorilla Biscuits. I love Sick of It All. I love Agnostic Front, etc., etc. But I don't need to hear another band cover them. Like it's cool. 
there's a, literally a million other bands you could be covering. So that was kind of our hope. And then that's like a big influence on our band. And then the fact that we obviously love like Northwest hardcore. So like play, paying homage to like regional stuff too. So. And I think it's cool. Cause like, like a lot of this stuff, a lot of the newer wave and some of the, a lot of these things that are in these comps, like are pulling from the Midwest mainly. And then like cherry picking stuff from the coasts, which is yeah. really cool. Um, which is because it's not that hard. I think obviously the East Coast, East Coast hardcore has always had somewhat more of an access to than or and like West Coast via like Orange County, but North Northwest still, you know, there. I guess there's a little bit of cloud of mystery up there for most people who just get into to hardcore, even no matter what stage you're in. So I think it's I think it's a cool. Um, thing to cover like import because go it alone we'll talk about it but is an important northwest hardcore band yeah i talked to one kid for some reason i thought that he really liked go it alone and i like messaged him and i was like yo man we threw that cover song up and he was like i actually don't i never got into them like i'm from the east coast so i mean that might like they might have just slipped my radar or whatever and I was like, oh, damn. And, like, the more people I've talked to, like, a lot of that rivalry records and, like, Northwest Hardcore stuff, certain bands kind of, like, clicked over there, but I definitely see a lot of people on the East Coast kind of shit on that style, in my opinion, compared to East Coast bands that kind of sound the exact same. But That's why I'm glad uh, Dead Air still fucking exists, because, like, so all the other, like, you know a lot of the other podcasts just like talk so much about like, um, you know, all the, all the like important, like heavy East coast bands or, and Midwest bands and, and early, like in eighties, um, punk hardcore bands. But like Kevin and Ian, when this show started, these bands, like go it alone, sinking ships, um, blue Monday, etc., were like, the fucking bands. Those were the bands that like, it was a hardcore show, but those were the bands being championed like in the main rotation of the show. Yeah. That's kind of, I mean, that was the first, like I'd been to out of state, like from where I was living at the time, I'd been to out of state, like bigger, like more like metalcore shows, but Northwest, like hardcore shows. That was my first exposure to where I think that, had a big effect on me and kind of like the kind of hardcore that I gravitated towards to more and like aesthetics and just like overall like vibe like that. That's always like, even if like a band wasn't necessarily like better or different, like if I'd hear like a react records band or like that's an example, it would always like stick with me way more. And I would always like, oh, this is fucking awesome, and there could be a band from the East Coast that sounds the same, and I'd be like, yeah, they're cool. So, I mean, I get it on both ends. Like, the same thing I was saying with, like, a regional bias. Yeah. It is what it is, but I personally love these bands and, like, that sound. So, part two of the Forgotten Hardcore um, episodes, if you didn't listen to part one, um, go to our Spotify 
um, our anchor, uh, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts. Do you can do uh, type in Dead Air Hardcore Radio, and or whatever you might be listening to right now, and it's there. Uh, we talked about a lot of like regional uh, hardcore. A lot of a lot of it varies between like the early to mid two thousands, a little bit into last decade, but not not much. Um, we did a lot of mosh. Um, we did, we did a little bit, we ended it with a little bit of pop punk. Um, as far as like feedback, a lot of people, um, talked about just cause I used, uh, some pictures from the X Tyrant X shit. Um, a lot more people were like all about, um, uh, it's surprising to me people who even listened we're we're talking we're big upping um tyrant so much because i guess i wasn't in a field of vision to like even pay attention at all i looked back on some old like videos and stuff there's a lot of like youtube videos that say x tyrant x scariest scariest mosh ever football mosh yeah there's the football mosh and it's there was a couple there was a couple of those videos where it's just like i I was very like confused on what I'm seeing because there's a couple like ones like the view from the stage while I'm while I'm like doing it. There's one where I think that the the, uh, the vocalist gets like gets in on it, and then somebody just like grabs a mic and just starts singing, and the and the and the singers getting in on it, and I'm just like, you know, I I guess a lot of people have respect because of the football wash, and me, I just. I still don't care. Yeah, I mean, the comments and whatnot that I saw about the like episode and people bringing up Tyrant, most of it wasn't even about. Other oh, music was cool. It was just, oh yeah, those those videos and the the football and the moshing, and I mean, it's cool. I guess it's cool to have your band remembered, be remembered for something over nothing, and like lost into the void of hardcore. But I don't know. I would, like once you pass a certain age, that shit's just weird to me. Like not hating on fun, but you know. Well, there was a time like my early year where it was like that was what it was all about. And sometimes in Seattle, where it was just like two thousand six, two thousand seven, even um, early parts of two thousand eight. Like the heavier hardcore shows were somewhat stupidly scary um and that's and that's all that some of those bands get remembered for and like i feel like that memory doesn't have a lot of longevity like it's just a it's just like a funny video or a or or for some people a shitty memory depending on what end of what end you were like for me it was just like i just wanted to watch the fucking show yeah, I think when you're younger too, that I liked the idea of like being nervous at a show, and like, yo, when's it gonna pop off? Am I gonna like be like scared to mosh, or am I just gonna like mosh and hopefully like not get my ass beat? But then now, as I'm older, I'm like, yeah, it's not really my vibe anymore. But at the same time, I'm not mad about it. Like, no. I can- 
you appeal to your iron can. I'm like, oh, that's cool, man. It's like, I'm going to stand over here and you guys do your thing. Well, there was just, there was some, some vibes in like Seattle where there was like that weird high school bully type thing where someone would just like pick on you and like, they don't know who you are. You don't know who they are. There was this dude who ends up now. He's like my friend. He like literally would just, we knew nothing about each other. He just like wanted to find some, pick someone out to, to fuck with. And I would end up at the bottom of a fucking big ass, uh, dog pile. A few. I know how that is. It was just, what? I said, I know how that is. Like, yeah. Um, not really anymore, but I feel like there was a minute where it was like that. It shows here. You'd have people kind of like target people and like, I'm going to fuck with you at the show. Or for, like, several shows. Yeah, so I was always like, fuck, this is pro Like, I still went out, and I had no fucking problem with it, but uh, but it's also, it's like, fuck, I'm like, this is stupid because also people, like, look at, because this person's targeting me, I, people look at me like, oh, this guy must have done something. And I'm like, no, I didn't. I just go to the fucking shows. <laughs> so... Anyways, moving on from that. Also, um, we talked the last episode. We talked like about set your goals, um, like a little bit at the end. And I saw like a thing popping up, and I've been trying to like look up. I don't know the fucking the. So there was one of the singers, like showed up, I guess on on Tinder, and I heard about that. And he put his name. His age is twenty nine. I just like in my mind. I could, it wouldn't be like the craziest fucking thing that if he was like fucking 13 or whatever, when, um, they were on eulogy, I'm not, it's, it wouldn't be the weirdest thing, but I don't think that's a hundred percent. Nah, he's definitely older than that. Yeah. I thought, cause I'm, I'm, I'm 32 and they, they were a band when I was like, I got their demo when I was like 18 and I'm like, I mean, guess technically, I guess they could have been like 15 or 16, but I find that hard to believe. I mean, realistically, I've seen the pictures of even like more current stuff. He looks, he he's always kind of like looked like he was 15. So, yeah, he I mean, he still looks really young. So, but like, come on, man, it's like, that's a that because I was I didn't want to. I obviously I didn't want to fucking defend anyone, but I was just like, I saw that I was like. That's weird, but he does look so fucking young. But also, some of the pictures that are that are on there, I have no idea how old they are. Too, they look. Some of them are Warp Tour pictures, and they've been on so many fucking Warp Tours that it could be any Warp Tour between two thousand six and like in in two thousand twelve. So. Which is yeah. still 2012, that's a long time. So, regardless, it's f- fucking long ago. So, anyways, that's that was fu- that was a, that was a weird um, thing, and I couldn't because I couldn't like find his age at all. So, I don't give a shit about that. So, let's get into part two. Let's uh, let me get out the list, and I think we're starting off. Everything pretty much at this point is is like early to mid 2000s i believe yeah we're starting on the the fast punk fast punk this was 
So like this is like a fifty percent um liked, other fifty percent just slept on because it wasn't some of these I just were not on my radar or I, I knew the names and just it wasn't what I was into at the time and nobody talked about them enough for me to like go back and listen. So yeah. started a started out with internal affairs. Always the first the before I even listened to them for the first time, I remember um some friends making fun of the vocals and like really like and like doing like the vocal inflection. So I checked it out and I'm like I actually I actually love um love the vocals on Internal okay. Affairs. They're mean. They said they're scary. To me, like it's it like legitimately sounds angry. And it's fast. Like they're really fast. And then I don't remember I don't know actually regionally where this band is from. Uh LA. Okay. I thought I thought it was California. Yeah, um, Los Angeles. It has like uh, the let's see. Um, I'm trying to think if there's any members. Um, Dennis that plays guitar is in Berthold City now. Corey sang. He was also in Carry On. Played guitar. There was another dude. I want to say this guy Greg that was in Betrayed. Played guitar. Played bass in Internal Affairs, I think. Okay, that's fun. First time I saw him was actually in Seattle, and it was crazy. Um, yeah, I I know, I thought it was a it was California because I see I've seen like the shirts and stuff. Like anytime I'm in California, there's somebody who had who I know who has talked about the band or has who has shirts on the band or California people, a lot of California people selling, you know, old merch from the band. So that's what I thought. Um, yeah. They, uh, they have the, one of the sickest intros where it's just like, this is for you LA. And they do like a drum build up and they hit like a stompy, like mosh part. Yeah. This was, this was one out of the few that I was like, yeah, I'm not mad at this. I, I, I like it. And, the vocals are, um, I wouldn't say mean, but they're gen to me. But they were genuinely interesting, aggressive for sure. Um, there's some me. We'll get to some bands that I think are have mean vocals uh, a little bit down the line. But this is a band I just I just fucking loved the vocals and everything just about this band. Um, really stuck out to me in a time that I didn't gravitate to a ton of um of punk uh influenced hardcore but outbreak fucking incredible they were like same kind of same for me like when i was like pretty heavy into like eulogy records type hardcore they when i heard them it, it immediately clicked i think it's generally just because it was fucking super mean the lyrics were very mean And I was like, oh, this is definitely resonating with how angry how angry I am all the time. To where the songs were short, they were catchy. Um, really good for stage diving and like singing along. Um, they're one of those bands where I've seen people definitely like 
current, like, we'll say the last, like, five years, shit on them and be like, oh, that band sucked, like, they weren't any good. And I'm just like, go watch old videos from them, like, they were big. Well, and I think not a lot of people know that, like, I feel like a lot of um, bands I see take vocal cues from from band from bands like this, um, and and a lot of people don't know it. And but every I honestly don't dislike a single record from this band, even their even their last self titled one was was really fucking good. I'm I'm not um, opposed to uh, well produced. Um, hardcore records, as long as they're not fucking overproduced. The last record sounded good. It was like, not that it was slow, but it was slower for them. But it was still fast. And I'm a vocal guy, so I like, so I really liked how the vocals like kind of evolved in that self-titled record to where like it, there was really like. Uh, long drawn out powerful vocals in some of these songs where some of the other ones were a little bit like shorter fast burst um, you know punky yelling punchy yelling vocals where like there was parts where he was holding out he was holding out the notes and I and that's something I I really like same Um, yeah and when I first heard Antisocial it was like I I was like, that song is whole, holy fuck, yeah. This whole band, um, one of the best of that era, in my opinion. Big agree. So what's next on our list? Wake Up Call. Don't know this one. Kind of sounds like Outbreak. I think they're, they're on Think Fast. I want to say the dude from Outbreak helped run that label. Um, it's cool. I mean... This is a band where, if, like, I like them, but I don't really think that they people have a reason to check them out necessarily, you know? Like, it was cool, it was moshy, it was fast, it was punk. Um, they had, like, one record, as far as I know. They weren't a band very long. But they came around right at a time where I was all about a lot of those Think Fast Records bands. I mean, that label's not even a label anymore anyway. But um, they were cool. Next, um, lost my place. Piece by piece is next. Piece by piece. Um, saw them once. Wasn't totally really into it at all. I'm. I've seen them. Saw them once. I missed them the second time because we were looking for my girlfriend's cell phone at Sound Fury because we thought we'd lost it. Um, I think they're sick. They Nick Jet from Terror drummer sings. Um, I kind of feel like the rest of the band kind of, like, they've had, like, not a revolving door of members, but just because they've been a band for so long. Kind of had different members here and there, but I think it's sick. It's not, like, anything complicated. It's just, like, fast, pissed, hardcore. Like, it's fun. Um, yeah, I mean, I st- they're a band that I don't see people talk about as a whole, but I definitely see people from California that I know still constantly talk about them, like, I want to say one of my friends was tweeting about them today. So I would say, like, kind of like a regional thing. Like we talked last time, too. A lot of, some of these bands, I think, are just very regionally specific, and I feel like California loved Piece by Piece. 
Yeah, I saw them. I went to a a fest in Arizona um, within these walls and saw them. And uh, out of the other bands that played, this was just a little bit underwhelming. Maybe just because of, uh, I don't know, the reaction I got was not as big as like for some of the other, even like the regional bands that played. Um, but I feel like they, I mean, I, I didn't see them until 2010, but like watching old videos from like sync with Cali and stuff, I feel like they're, they used to get like way bigger reactions when they first started. But, um, yeah, I, I mean, I, there've been, I've definitely shown to people who like that style of hardcore and it's been very hit or miss. But it hits for me. Know the score. Um, didn't never never struck me. Um, the first time I ever like heard this band, the description to me was a boring painted black. I don't hear that in the slightest at all. And that's what. But that was what it described to me. Didn't didn't did not sound to me like that at all. But still, the boring part. Um, really stuck. It just sounds like I think it's sick. Again, kind of like a wake up call situation. Like when I when I checked them out, I was like a sponge for like hardcore, and it was super fast, very angry. Like at the time, I really resonated with lyrics that were very like kind of fuck you self aware type stuff. It was like that. They had very like drum-heavy mosh parts, which are always my favorite. And it was cool. I mean, I want to say they were on Double or Nothing in, like, Eulogy. And at the time, when I first heard them, I was definitely transitioning from, like, more moshcore stuff to, like, faster hardcore and more youth crew stuff. And to where I was like, oh, this is sick because it's still pretty angry. And it's very heavy, but it's also fast and has, like, a punk leaning. So... I've has this band is this band forgotten trash talk I think with people of a certain age not that it was forgotten but it just never was like they're still huge like but remember when they played Rainfest last time it was cool but they're definitely I don't think there were that many people inside when they played and they were like one of the headliners that night yeah, I don't know. I think a lot of kids still they're for a younger generation. They're just a fun band to watch, like even if you don't listen to the music, like I know people who like like accidentally found them through like Odd Future and shit. Yeah. It's 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 like a fucking like um it's an experience, not as much of a it doesn't usually get get those kids in into hardcore but they're like oh this shit's crazy um they're even like i saw them i mean it was a while ago at this point they played here with like terror and suicidal tendencies and there was a shit ton of people at that show not because of terror and trash talk but when trash talk played like so many random kids were just like push moshing and like jumping around and like act having a good time and it was definitely I I mean I don't know this but I feel like it was a lot of those kids it was the first time they heard it yeah. and everyone was just having fun tour I think that 
they've always been a very infectious live band. And um, I think one thing that does hurt them from, like, being more, um, I guess, clicked up with, like, modern hardcore is, like, on Spotify, they don't have, like, in my opinion, any of the good records. Yeah, the ones that like, I fucking, that I, those, those, and those records that are not there are the ones that I, that got me into the band. Yeah, like, I know at least for, like, our band, like, we reference Trash Talk a lot. And, um, looking at the age range of several people in my band, that's, that's, I think that's half the reason why. <laughs> it's like, oh, I really liked Walking Disease when it came out. Like, that's, like, a really good hardcore record in, like, Plagues. But, um, I don't know. I mean, I, maybe Young Kids, like, that might have been one of their first hardcore bands they heard because they had such a, a wide net. But all, I went, like, I think after I post, after that thread, I went and, like, looked on YouTube to, like, watch, like, recent trash talk videos and the crowd definitely didn't look like hardcore kids even when it wasn't like a hip-hop show or whatever well i think it's also gotten weird because like the original like kind of odd future thing was supposed to be like a very underground like skate kid thing for hip-hop for random hip-hop kids and it um it blew the fuck up and that helped for trash talk but also all those groups are now um, or the people who are really popular from Odd Future are in like TV shows, in like top forty um, music, and all that shit. And I feel like so that's really like separated to like where people don't even want to like talk about Odd Future, especially like they want to bury the fact that Tyler used to say some like questionable shit. Um. So like so like that whole like just odd future as a gen I feel like that whole thing that like doesn't even like hold a lot of weight in pop culture as much as the names like Tyler the Creator or Frank Ocean. So like I feel like it would have benefited Trash Talk to just move away from that in general. Yeah, I mean they're hardcore kids. They've I think it's sick that they're still a band. They're still like able to like do their own thing. I know they got super into like you're saying like skate culture and like have done like clothes and all that kind of stuff and branch out, which is smart. If like if you have if you have the bandwidth and there's like a de- like people like or not demanding it but like or be interested in it, like that's cool. Also, yeah, I just don't. I don't know how much like kids in hardcore care about this band anymore. Like there was a point in time where you couldn't go to a show without seeing a bajillion of those fucking peace sign shirts, especially the trash talk tank top. And then just like going, seeing them in their heyday for like hardcore was fucking crazy. Like people were just beating the shit out of their bodies, like moshing super hard, like jumping off everything. Like it was sick. When I got the chance to like go on tours, like I, most of my random, like, touring or going on tours with bands was like between like um 20 uh 2012 and 2015 and like if we would go to a mall it would 
be so wild to always see the trash talk shirts. Uh, yeah, and I was just like, what the fuck? And now that doesn't mean shit. Like, so correct me if I'm wrong. So 2017, oh, 2016, 2017 was like fucking Cancelvania for a lot of people and a lot of bands. And a lot of random bands got canceled for, for like crazy shit. I swear in the midst of that, didn't somebody from Trash Talk get somewhat Twitter canceled? I have no idea, to be honest. I, I mean, tried to search it, me, couldn't find it. I feel like if they're, I feel like as people, they're the type of band where if they got canceled, they'd be like, who fucking cares? Well, and I think at this point, if they did, nobody cares now. Because, like, it, it wasn't important enough, like... A, or, like, people have fucking forgotten and haven't jumped on canceling a lot of hardcore bands in about a year. So, like, it hasn't been, like... Because there are still some shit you can, you know, look it up on Twitter. But, like, if that happened at all, it got erased. So... Yeah. Trash talk's sick. Who cares? Like... um, And I feel like they're from an era, especially, where, like... It just was like it wasn't as like PC, which like I'm glad people are more like politically like aware and and like more conscious of other people. But at the same time, I think that back then it's like look and really see like was stuff being said maliciously or was that just like considered okay? Did you know any- what I mean? Like old like watching old like comedy movies and shit like that. It's just like wild. Did anybody ever? Like get on rival mob for for saying retard in one of the songs. I saw someone talk. I saw someone talking about it on Twitter, and it was kind of just like, one again, one of those things. Like, really look at this. Is this really what you want to get upset about? Like, like look, take take it with a grain of salt, like type of a thing. And I kind of feel like, um, yeah, I mean, I feel like a lot of stuff just kind of like pick and choose your battles and like are they really the problem or is like is it is it easier to like get pissed off at someone within your community versus like someone who's actually actively coming out and calling people like slurs and crap like that yeah moving on next band swamp thing fucking rules i love this band i love the vocals the first time i heard it i was like i love that um it was just like like a you know, a fast punk style with like stuff that could like with vocals that could fit really well still on like a heavy band. Evil. Yes. E- evil. Evil vocals. Evil. Like, cause that was what, what Stormy is like, I could hear this, this fit. I think it's way more unique in the fact that it the vocals were placed on this, um, on these style of instrumentals. Cause like, I feel like if it was like a, if they went slower and heavier, like it would just be like this is cool, but it's it. I think their approach was way better. Um, I what think... was they? I saw them a few times, and when you look at what they looked like, and what and like what especially the singer looked like, and then what he sounded like, it was sick. Like he did not look like he should sound like that, like at all. He's like, if I remember correctly, like a smaller dude who like looked very normal. Yeah, they did get a little bit of a um a 
like I said, they did get a little um, heavier, like sounding, like their last little their last little bit of stuff. With, the last EP they put out definitely like has some sick mosh parts. <laughs> yeah, that one like felt more like appropriate to what they were doing, like a little bit, like it's a little bit slower. Um, and I thought I thought from there they were gonna get a little bit bigger when they got on six one three one because at the time six one three one they were they were pumping out some really good bands like in um 2011 and the first time i saw them they covered chain of strength that's weird to like give you a like they still sounded like they do but it was definitely like a very like oh because they were like a straight edge man but i was like oh it's definitely not a song i thought you guys would cover but it was cool um they had a really sick vita- vitamin water shirt that I picked up one year that I wish I still had. Yeah. I yeah, this was a band I never got to see, unfortunately. Um I don't know if I like at least the people I hung out in in the northwest, I didn't hear as much um I think I heard there's like one other person I knew that was like into this band, but that doesn't mean much cuz I was a as far as like a hardcore kid, I was, I went to show, I went to a lot of shows like by myself. So, um, they were definitely, I feel like more popular on the East Coast, and then like I feel like a lot of kids in California liked them. Yeah, this band was. They played Sound, they played Sound Fury, I think, every year that they were a band. So, I can imagine this is like, this is like definitely my flavor of vocals that I, I. I just love it. It's just um, uh, these type of vocals have layers to them and they're interesting. And I like it. It kind of seeps into my ears because I just like, it's a little bit, it's a little bit different. And there's like, there's so much to offer than just a singular, just like, I do like shouty vocals, but I like kind of like heavy layered drawn out vocals as well. Um, moving on. Uh, Colin, Colin of Arabia. Didn't care about it much back then. I like it more listening to it uh, later on. Um, it's a little, it's rougher on the edges, a little unpolished. Um, oh, yeah. They, the good record, in my opinion, the really good record isn't on Spotify, which sucks. Like the stuff they have on Spotify is cool, but the really cool shit ain't on there. They uh, did a sick Infest cover. Um, I think I found about I found out about them through the Boston Beatdown DVD because they were on it, and then they played here once with Black My Heart and Death of Fortis Honor and Fight Like Hell, and they were sick. But I think the fact that they were very rough around the edges, I kind of feel like if you weren't from their area, I didn't know that many people. Everyone I knew that liked them was from, like, Boston area. And then I would show them to my friends, and they'd just kind of be like, yeah, this is cool, but this is kind of sloppy. Yeah, it like, was. It was, like, just dirty. It had a charm to it, though. And then it would be, like, sloppy, and then they would throw in some, like, inter- like weird, like, in the middle, they their guitars would go clean. And... They had weird guitar parts. Yeah, like, weird, clean guitar parts just, like, thrown in thrown into it which yeah like i said it's 
I like it. I I will not say love it, but I did like it. Yeah, um, I'd say the stuff on Spotify, I like the record that's not on Spotify. I honestly do love, but I think one thing that helped is I had it on a burnt CD in my old car in Alaska, and it was in my CD book, so I just listened to it all the time. Like, if I put that on, I'd probably still know all the words to it, and I haven't listened to it. I listened to it probably once in the last, like, two years. So, learn. Uh, I don't know shit about this band. They're sick. Uh, I haven't listened to them in a long time. They were, like, I think they played Sand Fury 06. Um, but it was cool. I definitely think that unless you were there in that time frame, like, I don't know why anyone would have heard of this band. Like, they were very short-lived. I know I know a couple kids that like them, but they're older than me. So not a whole lot to say about that. This one, I, I've had, there's been groups of people that have talked about it over the years, and I've, I'd say less now over the last few years, but, um, but justice, justice. Um, they, they ended up not being fast by the end, but it was cool. I mean, I think that they were doing a sound that not a lot of other, when they started out, they kind of were playing. So they had like the locking out sound, but by the end it was just like weird, still locking out, but much more like super touch type stuff. And it was cool. I think that there was a minute where I saw a lot of kids rocking Justice shirts. Like at fests and stuff. And I kind of almost feel like at this point they're more of like a very niche type listener who likes paying a lot of money for merch. I think that's just the same with that locking out sound of just like having like niche stuff that we'll talk about there's more more to come on this list um what else do we have look back and laugh uh this band i didn't give as much listen to early on um never did anything for me um moving on to some stuff i can talk about for a long time because this was all this shit was basically the shit that got me into hardcore in this uh during this time. So melodic slash amazing core. I had never heard the term amazing core till Axe to Grind. I don't know if it was an East Coast thing or a regional thing. I was actually talking with Jake about it the other day. It was always just hardcore. Or melodic hardcore, depending on like what band it was. But once they like described the term "amazing core," like I definitely get it. And um, I don't even think all these bands necessarily fit into that amazing aspect. But at the same time, it's easier just to like kind of lump it in. Yeah, I get, and some of these I wouldn't consider amazing core, but. Most We're of them, most of them, I like. So let's uh, fuck went down the. Line. Uh... If you want, we could even like run through like. Cause I feel like a lot of these bands kind of somewhat sound the same. Not the same, you know what I mean? Like 
we could even throw like a few of them and then kind of talk about them like in a group in a group sense, I guess. Yeah, let's do it. Um, I want to talk about this one first, just because like Sinking Ships um, was the first like melodic hardcore band I listened to in general. Um, Dead Air is one of my reasons I know anything about hardcore and like the early show. And before I listened to Dead Air, because um, KGRG was based in Auburn, uh, they played a lot of Sinking Ships. It was the only like like heavier band or like band that had like screaming that they played during the day because they had a song called Auburn. And apparently that was, that was really cool. That was really cool to the KGRG people. I bought their first, that Meridian CD. That's the name of it, right? Yeah. Yeah. I was like, um, I bought that CD at hot topic in Seattle in 06. It was on display at the cash register. At the mall, whatever the mall is that like it's downtown that had like the um, light rail or whatever run into it. Oh yeah, I know what you're talking about. Oh, fuck yeah, I think that's West Lake. And um, I remember because I, I was in town for like the last Champion weekend, and um, they played that show. But I remember like we were at the mall, and I, we were just like dicking around, and I walked in there and I was just like. How wild that this is just on display. I get that they're like a local band, but even still, like in Hot Topic, I thought that was cool. So I bought that. Well, dude, at the time, I feel like my local Hot Topic was like, there were kids that were still like, had the plug on like hardcore shit. Like, I would always, like, I got a blacklisted CD from there from some dude who was, uh, who was like, I think you'd really like this. Like, I'd have a, a friend who would like, who would like give me like free sometimes free and like really fucking discounted CDs on his, on his time. time. What? Definitely. There was a minute where we got a lot of hardcore um, CDs. And then even like I bought a judge shirt when I worked there. Um, They, I mean, they had all like the bigger metalcore and like terror and like bands like that. But there's a minute where like, whoever the buyers were for the company were like actually like buying hardcore. Cause like it's sold. And I remember they sponsored one of the Hellfest stages one year, I think Oh four. But, um, you know, sinking ships was, that's one of those like more, they, I think they hold up way better than a lot of these other bands in this list. It, it took me till like later on that I real, I didn't realize that they were on, um, that one of their records was on Run for Cover, and it didn't. It, I didn't realize Run for Cover was going that fucking long. As a, they when they first started, because that dude Jeff that runs it used to work at Bridge Nine, and I met him whenever like at Warped Tour they would do like the Bridge Nine booth, you know. And I, I like I worked with the Boise date and was talking to him, and I like we were talking about like hardcore and stuff, and. Yeah, I didn't, like, because he was like, oh, I put out their, like, that record, like, their first record or whatever. And then he's like, oh, I helped with, like, there's a couple other hardcore records. I don't remember what they were now, but um, I was just like, damn, you, like, have been doing that, like, that long? Because he was talking about Run for Cover then. He was like, yeah, I mean, it's just more of, like, a, a side thing at this point. 
And now that label's huge. For real. Um, saw I saw Singing Ships two times, and then the last time I saw them was the um, the last time they played, which was 2013. And the Rainfest or whatever? Yeah. So... It was I a- saw their last show, their last, like, U.S. show was, like, at Sound Fury. That was kind of weird. Um, I saw them a few other times. When I saw them in 07, they had a big fucking reaction. It was cool. Um, but, yeah, this band, I think, holds a pretty special place in anyone who was, like, around, um, the t- around, like, listened to this type of music at the time, as well as just, like, people in um, the Pacific Northwest and Western Washington. Like, I think this still holds up for people that are around. I think people who like um, maybe some of the uh, more melodic Death Wish stuff or the, like, the Touche Amores or, like, some... And even just, like, newer Run for Cover fans who still like, um, you know, like a little bit of hardcore and a little bit of, like, the non-core... I think could get into this band. It's actually like written really good. There's actually good lyrics and the songs are fast. They're not super long. And one thing I always, I liked about them is they didn't rely on like mosh parts. Not at like all. They're, in there, they're in there if you like get it. But at the same time, it's kind of like if you are looking for like breakdowns are very like obvious, like, two-step like skank parts like you wouldn't hear it so with this band like the vocals like are everything like they the vocals could determine whether this band was a hardcore band or a post-hardcore band oh for sure because of how melodic um the instrumentals were vocals sound like a hardcore singer but like you could switch up the vocals and do something post hardcorey and it could go on top of some of those instrumentals easy. Oh yeah. Um, Even if you added like scratchier vocals. Um the singer from Shook Ones did a part in in one of the songs. Oh, yeah. And that's probably better than all I like that part that he did more than I like most of the Shook Ones um catalog. Okay, well now you're tripping, but that's cool. I don't know, man. That's that's my that's my take. I'm tripping, but like that part, I don't know. He he hit the vocals perfectly on that song, and I like I really like that. It's cool that the the part he's singing on sounds like nothing Shook Ones ever wrote. So it definitely like is different, you know. And like I, don't know, I think that's more interesting. Like I think that's what, at least for me, like listening to that song like that, it stands out really well and different just because it's like wow this guy's voice doesn't really fit this kind of hardcore but it sounds cool that it's so like weird uh ruiner i saw them one time right right at the end uh it was cool band is sick i get why people wouldn't like them but i think that they're incredible um like, I remember when they were a band, they were definitely, like, people either really liked them or they hated them. Like most bands in this genre, like, it seems like like they start out with some fast records 
and then they're inev- seven and so fucking fast. And then inevitably, either slow down or get more melodic, which is just that's just seems like oh. the progression of things. Yeah, like I think the best part about Ruiner was Rob had really cool, interesting lyrics, and they weren't necessarily like that was like the one thing with a lot of these like melodic slash like amazing core bands is like some of the lyrics were a little hokey to where like when you're like 18 to 20 it's like hitting a certain way but when you look back when you're older you're like yeah that's cool I can appreciate what this was going for but this might I don't necessarily like feel this way anymore it's not as like I guess timeless of lyrics at least to me I feel like Ruiner definitely was writing about stuff that was a little more applicable to like being older which is something I think people kind of miss because a lot of bands and just even artists in general, like stop, like they don't, they don't progress with their writing or they stop playing. So like all their, all their lyrics are pertain to that certain point in time. So yeah, because let's jump a little ahead just because of that statement. Um, Set it straight. Love. Um, uh, their mosh parts are probably my favorite mosh parts of any of these bands. Like they have the best like breakdowns, in my opinion, from this from this group of uh, bands. Because it, it your, came... me- your metalcore roots are showing right now. That's okay. I lo- so there's so many 808 parts. I love that. <laughs> I like it, but it's like I listened to them a couple years ago, and I was just like. Fuck, I forgot just how like actually heavy this is. And I'm like, no wonder I really liked this band when I was like still writing super hard for like Black My Heart and like Since the Flood and like bands like that. I liked how it would go that I liked the clear and accessible vocals. I liked how it I liked how it would get like fast and melodic and then there's um there's a one what's the there's a one song I think it's Callus where it gets like super like heavy and chuggy and then goes into a a ridiculous breakdown and I like for it in my mind like there are bands that do that shit and it's really corny but I felt like they did it in a way where I it wasn't corny to me cuz I know that can be corny I would say the corny aspect about this band, looking back on it, is a lot of the lyrics are super fucking corny. <laughs> like, yeah, it's it is for in in that. I still like them, but I mean, so a lot of straight edge bands sell out. It's cool, shit happens. That doesn't mean I probably I doesn't mean I wouldn't still like a record they wrote when they were straight edge. You know, I think a lot of stuff is like a time and place thing. But some of the lyrics are just, it's a very, like, obvious, like, these are written by some a very young straight-edge person who, like, at the time was so sincere and, like, earnest about the whole thing and, like, so passionate about it that, like, now when I listen to it, I'm, I almost just kind of, like, laugh a little bit. And I'm like, damn, this is, like, this is kind of funny looking back on this. I believe I like most of those kids grew up and never looked back. Um, Cause that I know like the whole thing of when they're breaking up was like one of them was went to be, was studying to be a teacher. 
Yeah, two of the dudes. Um, two of the dudes started a band. I think it was the drummer and the bass player started a band called The Separation. Who were like a crusty. I don't know if we talked about them on the other episode, but they were sick. But definitely was like the furthest thing from what Set It Straight sounded like. Makes sense. Like, just like crusty, like the vocals more so like blended in with the music. And it like really long songs, very like post metal crust, played by like hardcore kids. Yeah, this is one that still I'm still okay with. Like there are some like, like there are some corny shit out there, but out of the corniest, this one still like I still like can can jam it. Kids that like set it straight, I feel like fucking love set it straight. Like, they were, uh, when I moved here, they were one of, like, the, they were one of, like, the big, like, hardcore bands in Boise. Like, almost every kid I knew had a set it straight shirt. They played here a bunch of times. Um, but then, like, my group of friends from Alaska that, like, hardcore, like, no one listened to set it straight. And then a bunch of kids from here I know went to their last show. And that lineup for that show was fucking bananas. And... Show looked huge, like for like a fairly like a regional hardcore band. Yeah. Um. So let's just bunch these next two together. Um. I'll I'll summarize my takes on them. Um. Miles away, the effort. Miles away. Um. I I liked the. I always talk about this because like that. I only play like a little bit of actual like music. So I, I always talk about the vocals cause the vocals are the first thing I, I really pay attention to. Um, I could see why a lot of people didn't care about this band. They're definitely, but, uh, I liked the over dramatic vocals, like where it was like super, it was, I could see where people would say this is too whiny and cryy. um, they but, went. It's crazy. So like, they started out being like very just like melodic, fast, mosh, like very moshy, like full on like breakdowns and stuff. And then they went the the defeater route. I feel like, and like you're saying, like they got very whiny sounding. I still liked it, but it was definitely like we learned how to write like a really sad, somber, melodic hardcore song versus like initially it sounded more like shit you would skateboard to. And they, they, they kind of, it was as if they, they understood the way, the way melodic hardcore was going at the time. And, oh, for sure. And they started like, cause one of their music video, like their last thing was like 2014, 2015. And their last like music video was all them on a defeater tour. Like were shots from them in big, like saw that tour doing big stages. And first time I saw them was with Outbreak and Cruel Hand. So just like think of just like that vibe. Yeah. And the last time I saw them was with Defeater and Bane. Yeah. So I mean that like like you're saying that's like a really good like transitional like not transitional like um it's a good timeline of what they their vibe and what they used to sound like versus what they ended up sounding like. Um, effort. I think if they, 
I think if they came out now, they'd be more popular, to be honest. I think um, so. They didn't strike me at the time. Um, it wasn't my jam. Uh, re-listening to it, I could... I heard it a couple times across my... It came across me, and I just listened to it. I was like, eh. And then... But uh, now, I I think I would I would like it a little more. They I felt like oh, what I listen to now... Um, did a good job from going um, fast and punk to slower and melodic. I think if anything, just like, I feel like they were very smart, like political lyrics. I feel like that would resonate more with people now. I think musically, like, at times it was a little too, like, look at me, like, this is amazing. But... The first I listen I re-listened all their stuff like a year ago. Their first seven inch crazy guest spots on it. That really didn't hold up. The first LP I still really like. I think it's awesome. The second LP I liked more than I did when it came out. And that one was like more more political, but like at times a little too like grandiose, like amazing. But um I know one time when I saw them their set got cut short because the singer was just talking too much. And they had, like, an allotted time slot, so they ended up having to just cut their set short, which, he, I mean, he, I I agreed with a lot of the shit he was saying, but at the same time, I was like, yeah, you kind of are talking a little too much, like, just play your set. <laughs> um, I, know, I know I'm talking too much, but... Yeah, like, let's see, um, another breath. Loved this band, um when I first started getting into the viaduct um, and I first met uh, Jeremy Bush. Now this was one of the first bands he told me to, to go listen to. And I loved it. And then they came out. I, I really liked mill city and listening back now. um, God complex is, like I loved God Complex as like just like a record in general and like they had they had um I believe it's like Belly of the Whale. I loved that intro guitar part. But now listening back to it, it might be one of my favorite just like records ever because it resonates with me so much as being someone who used to um be a Christian and I feel like there's and still listen to hardcore cuz I feel like there's only a hand there's like be like a really, really strong Christian and still be in hardcore. Cause I feel like there's like a, a handful of people in that realm. Yeah. I feel like that's a band where I don't think anyone young gives a shit. And I like them a lot, but at the same time, like I don't think they need to give a shit, you know? I don't know. Like, I, I disagree. God complex record. Those lyrics are a plus. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like they're really good. Like I'm not disputing that, but I think that I firmly believe that a lot of more younger kids in hardcore don't give a shit about lyrics. I'm not saying everyone doesn't, but when I look at when new records get put up on like band, even though it's on Spotify and like Apple Music and stuff, I'll look at their Bandcamp. And nine out of ten times, I feel like the lyrics aren't on there. 
Agreed. And I think that's definitely an intentional thing. It's not hard to put your own lyrics up on there. I think sometimes they're embarrassed by their own lyrics and they don't, they're <laughs> like, they're having a hard time writing. <laughs> sometimes people don't want them to be judged for their lyrics. And I feel like, um, I don't know. I feel like younger kids now, at least to me, like, this isn't a sound like really old guy, but like, they seem much more woke than people used to be. To where I assume much, I, I assume I assume there's way more kids that just aren't Christian than used to be. And same thing with like I assume way more people are like vegetarian or vegan now than like weren't. And amongst other things, I mean I could be wrong, but to where I feel like the lyrics like. I think it would still hit for certain kids, but also at the same time, like that record is not like musically. I don't know why I don't, I couldn't imagine a younger kid musically being into that record. It's fast. There's no real mosh parts on it. It's like very rock and rolly. Maybe kids that are into every time I die, they might like it. I like every time I die. So I showed our bass player Ralph had never actually heard these guys because he has much more of like just like a straight up like punk background. And I showed him another breath because he really likes Every Time I Die. And he was like, yo, this shit is sick. Like they have really good guitar playing. I don't know. I really like this. Like I didn't care about it as much. And Mill City didn't strike me as much. I still love it. But like, um, the God Complex re-listening, I just like. It's not even that. Anyone who grew up with fucking strict ass Christian parents and didn't like even, but still didn't believe that shit, still like, can. Or, or just people who grew up around fucking bullshit boomers can, um. Can relate to this. It's it's just I I like these lyrics. I could see why a young kid wouldn't give a shit about this because this is not. Maybe lyrically, but lyrically for me, and I feel like, I feel like people maybe around my age range could, um, if they didn't hear it before, they might like it. Um, moving forward from that, um, uh, what was what was after that? Fuck, my list. Um, I'll talk briefly on this one because I I feel like no one cared about this band at half mast. Didn't know shit about this band. Played here once. There's a few people that went. I don't remember what they sound like. We'll leave it at that. And they came out at a time where Melodic Hardcore was definitely like on its last guess. I think I saw them in like 2010. Um, what? Final Fight. Final Fight. I like this band a lot. Um, Same. I, more people. I, I did a poll um, like last year. And I was very surprised on the amount of people who actually like I did. like I used to do like the this or that thing um, for a long time until like then um, Axe Grind was doing it. And then somebody accused me of stealing that from Axe Grind and I just stopped doing it. And then but I did one. My last one was Singing Ships versus uh, Final Fight. And it was all crazy how many people like even in the Northwest were like final fight. 
like, like people that liked Final Fight really liked Final Fight a lot. They their first. I never really got into the the last record they put out. It wasn't bad. It just like I just didn't care. But that first record they put out, fucking rocks. It's really fast. Um, kind of reminds me of like those like the punk bands that like have actual like good shreddy guitar players. Like a lot of their guitar work remind me of that. Yeah, I like I like both. Um, I know a lot of people liked um, Under Attack, and I and I enjoyed that one. I think the first one I heard though was the songs off of ha- uh, off of Half Head Full Shred, which I that one's much more you know melodic. Definitely more melodic, and I can see why people didn't give a shit about them. I didn't hear a, a single person talk about them except. Um, the dude from uh, Let Live Um, I saw that band like in 2010 or something and they said this band this this song goes out to the band Final Fight and I was like and we were in Seattle and nobody gave a shit and <laughs> like um, it was right before this band that band started getting big and I don't know if that was like a diss or or what, but it was like a song that said like it was like a song that went fuck drugs and fuck straight edge. And I was like That was some shade then. I was con- I was so confused and but yeah, they said this goes out to the band Final Fight and then I'm like, yeah, probably maybe some sh- shade, but I like this band um I could see, I think they mentioned it on an episode of Axe to Grind one time. And yeah, some kid from New York emailed them about like Final Fight and like how like, I forget the, what the exact question was, but it was kind of like, were they an anomaly? Did people actually, did people like them or were me and my friends like an outlier type thing? I would say, I would say latter because I think... I think it was definitely an outlier from where the people of Axe Grind are sitting and that whole just area in general of just the East Coast. So I think I don't I don't think it I don't think it broke that far off of um out of the West Coast. Yeah. Um here I'm gonna lump all these in because these are the bands that I think people still um Ride, I guess Ride Force sounds kind of weird, but bands that I see people mention that don't get completely shit on in, like, revisionist history or, like, Amazing Core stuff, and, like, people still, like, will cop to liking is, like, Goat Alone, Killing the Dream, um, Lifelong Tragedy, and The Carrier. Okay. Goat Alone, Undisputed, um, we talked a little bit after, after, um, you dropped your cover and I think I've made my decision of, I think Vancouver gold is my favorite release because on the, yes. it's also, I think it's because my, que- my question is, is it be- because they just like six, six songs from a band that puts out songs that are like 
So if you if you're a hardcore band and you put out like, I think because it's, it's short. That's why it's better. Yeah, short. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm getting at. With a band that has songs that are anywhere from two to three minutes, I think the Relics has some longer songs too. Um, like yeah, Relics is the slow. I mean, it's so fast, but it's the slow record. Yeah. So the Vancouver Gold, they just went at the that maybe maybe is that their that's their peak they should have they should just do like six songs because none of the other records are bad by any means but there are a couple filler tracks for those uh yeah i love every record they put out but like vancouver gold i know every song only um only blood between us there's a couple songs i don't really like i couldn't tell you what they were same with histories but um I think it just helps. It's like fast. It's very. It's a. It's a very easy listen. And I feel like a lot of times with a lot of bands, your first record isn't always your best by any means. But a lot of times you've had at the same time you, you've had time to workshop those songs. You've been playing them for a while. Like you have that sense of urgency. Like when you're recording something. It's just a sick record. I think that. I feel like they toured a lot. And I feel like I'm kind of surprised they didn't get bigger for, like, how many people seem to, like, like them. And, like, they're the band that gets the pass a lot of times when you talk about, like, this style of hardcore currently. So it's kind of interesting they didn't get bigger than what they were. Well, and I think it's also because just even members from that area and from that band have gone on to do other, like, other shit that's really fucking sick. Yeah, Mark Mark Palm definitely uh Mark Palm super fan, but everything he's done, even if it's not like fully my thing, is still like really good for what it is. Like um in a very a very diverse musical palette of stuff he's played. So Killing the Dream Fucking rule. um, rules um just like fucking dark and sad i think it's because like these amazing core bands they're um, sad yeah they're like but not but like in the more depressed way of like guess like uh not as a it's not as much woe as me as much as fuck fuck all of this shit which is why i think that like I think for certain people, it's very, like, of a time and place, you know? Like, oh, yeah, I felt like this when I was, like, 18 or 19. But as, like, a 25 or 30-year-old, this really doesn't resonate with me anymore. But then at the same time, I'm just, like, how many, like, I love lyrics in hardcore. I think that's, like, one of the things that separates it from a lot of other kinds of music. But at the same time, I'm just, like, you're not really listening to hardcore just because of the lyrics, because a lot of the lyrics suck ass and aren't good. And, or they're just corny or they have a very time and place thing. Like I like a lot of the lyrics that are like quote unquote, like hard from bands that like are scary. I don't like, like the, like the little like fake pseudo hard stuff, but like actual scary bands, like, um, like Madball, for instance, I can't relate to most of those lyrics, but like I can appreciate it and think that it's like interesting and cool. And um, I feel like with a lot of these lyrics, like 
it's hard for people past a certain point to like still appreciate it or digest it, you know? I appreciate it because of when I got to listen to it and just like listening to it just on a on a purely musical um approach. I I love it because there's nothing Killing the Dreams music is fucking crazy. His vocals are I haven't heard anyone. I don't think anyone sounds like him besides maybe the guy from Dead Swans. But um and it's just like just executed with in such a fine perfect way. It's, it's frantic. It sounds very like it sounds emotionally unstable. Yes, that's I like, think I, it's an angry sad. Like um they just have a lot of really cool parts where it's just like building up and brooding and like just Eli just sounds like he's like on the verge of something. And um I kind of feel like but like you're saying it was like angry and like a fuck you whereas like the carrier was much more like just full on like sad depressed like those lyrics are dark yeah and the I... song I remember when they came out a lot of my friends fucked with it really hard but I didn't like them when they first came out. I was like, oh, this is this is too dark for me. Like, this is too sad. And then I, they, they're, um, I want to say they tuned a little bit lower than all their peers. Yeah. I was like, this is almost just too, like, low, low, dark, sad sounding for me. Like, it eventually clicked and I liked it. But, um... And they came out a little bit later. I almost feel like some people that were like really into Killing the Dream at a certain age, by the time the Carrier came out, that was kind of like the same thing, but for a different crop of kids, even though it was only a couple year difference, and they ended up like touring together and stuff. But um, Carrier was very, very dark and very sad. Yeah, it was another one where I liked the lyrics where I see I could see like newer hardcore kids being like. Um, not attracted to what to to this specifically but like as far as like the instrumentals i fucking i fucking loved everything about um it, even uh the slow the the i forget what the slow song is it's a uh, number something something you know start talking they i think one thing i did i did appreciate them more is once i saw them live it they didn't look like what they were playing, like, at all. And I always thought that was kind of cool. Like, if it would have been, like, some little skinny person with, like, pseudo-scene hair, I would have been like, oh, that's cool, I guess. But their singer was, like, a more burly fella. It's kind of like, actually scary live. Yeah, and then I remember I saw them play one year, and then during Colin of Arabia, he was whooping people's ass while they were playing. I was like... This fella is just angry. Well, they also have like angry mosh parts in their music too. Oh, like I know no one really, no one cared about the last record when it came out. Like I remember when it came out, I didn't see fucking anyone talking about it. And the people that were, were usually like shitting on it, but it's either the first or second song on it has a very, very sick mosh part. Like 
very built up, very like like a, like a very hard like two step. Yeah, but they were cool, but I could see why, like you're saying, I could see why it wouldn't. Maybe kids that are into like SoundCloud rap, maybe if they just read the lyrics, be like, "Oh, this is really sad. This is cool," but not someone who's like into like Sanction or Vain no. or like Drain. Like, I mean, those are polar opposites. But I'm just trying to think of like. Very popular, like modern, like hardcore bands. I don't know. I liked, I loved, I don't know, chanting lyrics like this because it was also like, like I liked singing back these style of lyrics because there was like an emotional connection, which I'm not afraid to be in my fucking feelings in that shit. And, um, but like it's also just like, unlike some of the other bands, it was super moshy. Like I think it was just a little bit more, it was not. Kids into counterparts would like this. Exactly. Kids in the, that's what I was gonna say. It kids who were into the later misery signals and ghost inside stuff would have probably liked it but didn't dive they into played it. different crowds, but it would have definitely like everyone I know that really liked the carrier liked the ghost inside. They liked counterparts. They loved Defeater. Like they loved Half Heart. Um, a lot of them are very emotional people. Believe it, like so, like that's what like lyrically they resonated with, and they liked those like pile on singing along to like sad stuff and like having it be like a group, a group thing. And I'm not, uh, and I like that shit too, personally. Run with the hunted. Not, I wouldn't count this as amazing core, but fucking rules. This I mean, there's some of these in here, like, okay, Run with the Hunted, I threw in here, Dangers, they're not amazing core, but I didn't know where the fuck else to put them. Um, Paint It Black, not really amazing core. Yeah, they're more like punk, but at the same time, like, I guess because it's smarter. And, like, um, I don't know, I mean, some of the stuff, like, Paint It Black is, has melodic riffs, so they're, I would say that's more melodic, if anything. But it's still very punk and fast, so they could also fit it in the punk category. Danger is very fast. Um, Run with the Hunted, very melodic riffing to me, especially on. Actually, all the records are pretty melodic. Oh no, I heard more of a chaotic thing going on than melodic. There's some melodic shit in there, but like, um, I think wasn't their last one a little bit more? I didn't listen to the. I didn't listen to the, the final record. Um, it's cool. Um, that much. I didn't get into it till like, I loved their second record a lot. I saw them a few times. I actually technically played with them once, but then the, the tour got there so late, I ended up going home. <laughs> I had some shit going on, I had to leave. But um, the last record clicked for me way after they broke up, but it's cool. It's definitely like a little bit slower and it's so fast but i kind of feel like they have like they have the melodic riffs but they're like through like a more like chaotic lens kind of how um did you ever listen to ghost limb no i heard the name but i didn't i didn't listen to them it kind of sounds like or even like his hero is gone type stuff like 
it's super melodic, but it's also very like chaotic and like crusty. Yeah, I can hear the his heroes gone and a little bit of just like a little bit of like convergy type stuff going on in there as well. Definitely hear the converge. I re- I used to write music reviews for some music site that's not around anymore back like in college, and I reviewed their one of their records. And I'm trying to remember the bands that I like referenced for them. I think it might have said like his hero is gone. Like if you're into like botch, kind of like old converge, not like Slayer riff converge, but more like um, maybe like Jane Doe. Yeah, I was. That's what I was gonna say specifically. A Jane Doe like like converge and not like full and not even full on input. It's just like certain parts of the songs. I feel like they were definitely like lyrically. I think it would resonate a little more now because it was definitely smart and on like the political side of things. But at the same time, like I feel like they were like a very niche, like people that liked them really liked them, but necessarily like it wasn't like moshy per se, but it was like sing alongy. But it wasn't like the stuff you're singing along wasn't like super like normal compared to like other hardcore bands you know of the of the time that they were around yeah um more than life did you ever get into them um a little bit yeah not 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 a whole lot i know they were like there's a couple kids here that like always had more than life merch on at shows i know they're uk i i can't i never got into it really I like listening to them like, oh, this is cool, but I never like ever went back to listen to it. Yeah. Um, what else is in here? Um, Lifelong Tragedy. We didn't talk about that yet. No. Um, I This was a band that was completely slept on by me for a long ass time. I just, it was always just in the mix and the band sounded nothing like I thought it was going to. I thought it was going to be, like, super, super melodic just because of the name. Like, it is melodic, but, like, there's also, like, some, some he- like, a little bit of heavier influence than I, than I was, um, than I was expecting. Yo, it's straight up, their musical timeline is, because they were, they were so fucking young when they started. I think they were, like, I could be wrong, but I think they were, like, 15 when they started. Yeah. Because their first record, which isn't streaming, I think it might be on YouTube, sounds like Zayo. Like, it's just full-on, like, metalcore. And then Destined for Anything, I think they were, like, 17 or something like that. Yeah. Some very, very... That song, Roll the Credits, has one of the heaviest breakdowns. But even that record's very, like, anthemic, youthful like moshy like sing-along hardcore but you could still like spin kick people too like given the right part uh, and then after that is when they got weird did we do miles away or did we skip that one we talked about them and how they went from like skateboarding to like defeater core yeah um what else was that what else was i gonna do uh carpathian um that band i didn't I li- I heard their melodic shit before I heard the Mosh their 2006 Mosh record? Bury your dead record. 
it was not good. That 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 uh that barrier dead um core record was horrible. Um although I did not mind the stuff that sounded like almost sounded like the um they're from Australia, right? I think. Yeah. Uh, the Australian carrier. Like they did Straight it up, like aesthetically like musically like the only people I knew that were into them were um kids way younger than me that um like Charlie loved Carpathian when I first met him um it was just something where at that point I was just kind of like yo I they sounded like Barrier Dead like two years ago like I get that band's change, but it was such a drastic change that I was like, I can't take this band seriously. If, like, they're just trying to, like, cash in for, like, what's popular. I didn't but, I didn't mind it because I wasn't, like, I didn't hear what they had before. So, like, when I first heard it, it's pretty good. I was like, this isn't, I still love Carrier more. But uh, it was just funny because there was, there was the first song I heard sounded like a carrier song. Like it had the same like guitar riffing and everything. And there's this, like there's this certain like chord structure that like, I know four other bands between 2008 and 2009 did the same exact, like melodic bands did the same exact thing. Yep. And it was just like, I, the songs, the songs literally started the same, same way, same tempo, and it was it was kind of funny. Um, speaking generally about Amazing Core, what's really funny to me is that I see it a lot of the times where like it's very like we I mentioned it a little bit earlier like revisionist history, history about the whole thing. Yeah, where um, people love to kind of like rant rain on it and act like it sucks and it was corny and lame but you'll hear new bands that sound like just like this but they get referenced all oh this sounds like turning point or like count me out and like yeah it sounds like that but it also sounds like sinking ships and have heart and um just like I'll, fuck like half like verse like I think like a lot of these bands, all these newer bands, all sound like like the Defe- parts sound like Defeater, and um. But I feel like the it's cool just to always say, "Oh, it sounds like Turning Point," or "It sounds like Count Me Out," which both those bands are cool. Especially like Count Me Out a lot, but it's just kind of interesting and funny that like I feel like people don't want to cop to what it actually sounds like. Yeah, because that's not cool. And um, it's just interesting, and it, I mean, it's all. I think it's all, especially like, just depend on who you're talking to. So I know some people that like love all of these like amazing core bands are like, yo, this was like peak hardcore for me. Like, this is great. But at the same time, I know a ton of other people are like, yo, all that shit sucked. It was never good. But even though I know for a fact that a lot of these people used to like these kind of bands, so. I don't think they're like for most of them. I could see why people don't, but I don't have any issues with these with any of these bands. Um, well, I think the big thing 
more than anything would be I think a lot of these bands like a lot of the kids that were into a lot of these bands definitely kind of dropped out I mean not all of them obviously like you and I are talking about this like oh this is sick but I think a lot I knew quite a few people that were all about this kind of shit that definitely dropped out when like this died off and like the whole Reaper Records sound came into vogue but at the same time, there are still always bands playing this style. I just think maybe it wasn't as popular. But at the same time, like, I don't know why you would let that dissuade you from, like, liking bands if, like, their fan base were, like, corny or did things that were, like, silly, you know? Yeah, I don't know. I, there's some of these bands where I would personally, like, like certain records, like, like there's specific sounds like I wouldn't even be afraid just even as a, as a recording project to, to do a, to be in a band like one of these bands could just to play Not the cool. music. Cause I like, cause it's just fucking good music and it's coming back around. I hate to tell everyone, but, but I don't, but Mike, I guess my question is, is the dark dreary, like carrier killing the dream coming back around or is it more of the have heart? stuff because we have what there's the band like um three three week old roses that sounds like exactly like half heart and then they what i said agree to disagree i think they sound much more like the carrier i don't know about that man have you seen them i haven't seen them live i saw them this summer it's definitely much more of the carrier the song i i haven't heard all their stuff i've heard their other stuff like the vocals sound so much like Pat Flynn. See, I think it sounds like, at least on a, at least live, it sounded very like, like it was fast, but very like dark, sad. And the mosh parts they played, I remember one of them specifically sounded like a, like the um, the build up riff into the mosh parts straight up sounded like I think that Pain Stricken by the Carrier, I think. Oh yeah, that part. Oh, that's a good. That's a good fucking. That's one. <laughs> isn't that the? Isn't that on the? Uh, that the last record, that song. Pain stricken. That's on the. Or maybe I'm getting. Trez. I don't fucking know either. The one that has like the, and they do that riff for like a minute straight. Okay. Yeah. No, I know what you're talking about. But um. We're like burning strong from Florida. They're, um, I, like, they, to me, they sound kind of like old Killing the Dream. And, um, like, even, like, some parts remind me of, like, Verse and, like, Old Defeater mixed with, like, Count Me Out. And then, um, trying to think of who else. Like, There's Time a- and Pressure sounds like Ruiner. Yeah, no, I love time and pressure. Carry on. Um, I don't have the list in front of me of like new bands. Like, then there's but, one step closer, which is like the biggest one of the biggest ones. Well, that was the thing. Like, I saw on Twitter the other day, like, um, that dude Ace who sang in Breakaway. Um, he was posting about like, oh, I think like Amazing Court or whatever, like, might be coming back around. And then a lot of people were like, you'll fuck that, I hope not. But then quite a lot of other people were like, I would take that over like the metalcore shit that's like going on, that's been going on. 
And then someone was like, well, have you heard One Step Closer? Like, obviously he has, but just kind of like, that straight up sounds like Amazing Core or Melodic Hardcore or whatever, you know what I mean, whatever you want to call it. And um, to where I think a lot of, like, with every style of hardcore, like, ebbs and flows, and I feel like it's been really heavy for a long time, to where I don't, like, I feel like that style is, like, especially after Half Heart, like, did that reunion, I feel like um, people want something a little different, and it's really hard to make a, a, a unique-sounding hardcore band, so it's just going to go back to a different, a more modernized new take on a previous style. I don't know. I like all types of hardcore, so I don't I don't um, subscribe to the crowd of complaining about other shit. So. I mean, it's like, yo, there's literally, if you just pay attention, there's like, no matter what type of hardcore you're into, you, there's bands playing that style. You just have to find it. Even if it might not be as popular, like, um, there's always bands playing it. You just have to, like, take the time to dig and find it. So we have some... Uh, okay. Sorry. No, you go. I'll run... The, we have the lack of material. Well, let's just skip through that. No one cares about this one. Yeah, that's not even go. The too late, too early, there's only two, so... Yeah. Um, Last Damnation, AD record. I actually... I love the vocals. It rules. I love the vocals on that shit. I'm, I'm on that... Like, I think it draw me in a little bit more because like i'm not gonna say i'm not the biggest fan of that band um of just like their whole records i think they have some good songs but i can't listen to a whole some of the some of the early specifically like the first like one that everyone like seems to love songs are too long it's too long for me like even i like that band a lot but that's the thing that sticks out at least with this record is the songs are much more like appropriately length and this came out at a weird things came out in 2007 yeah i don't think anyone was paying attention to yeah. that band they played at that time. here they played here with death before dishonor and this band unholy not even kidding there was less than 10 people that paid and death before dishonor came here a few months before and there's like 150 people there and um, their set at Rainfest was cool. There are a lot of people into it. But when I've talked with people, like kind of like you're mentioning, I'll reference this record, and most people, it's usually crickets. Yeah, like the other one, like like I said, they have songs that are good, but I was like, live they're a little boring, cause just cause they're too long. They have some good mosh parts, and then it just like. But then it like also just like slows down and just like I this just... record has crazy guest spots too. Yeah. yeah. Carl from Earth Crisis, dude from Fallout Boy, and there's a couple more. Those are the two that stick out. Um, I don't see anyone talk about about the first Cruel Hand record, like ever. I really like that one. Um. Like, I, I found out on it late. What was that? I found out about it after I heard the um the more popular material. That was weird. So like when I first the first time I saw them I literally had not heard them till I saw them play. 
And I felt like at the time I was like very in the know with like hardcore. And I had heard the name, I'd never listened to it. And I'd literally heard of them like probably a couple weeks before. I was like, oh, it's the guy from Outbreak that like he's saying it's the band he sings in. They had the fucking craziest set. So many people were going off, and it was like really early in the day at Sound Fury. But then I feel like the next record's the one that everyone gravitated towards, which they were like they got way more Metallica on it. Yeah, they. Uh, my friends, qu- um, who listened to them and didn't care for them, used to call call them Cruel Metallica. Yeah, like second and third record were like. I don't. I don't think people from like younger kids that maybe not weren't around yet don't get how big Cruel Hand was for a minute. Like, they were huge. And then they just kind of because they Chiseled out. yeah because the last few record also they did that fucking did you hear the the did you hear them do the Life of Agony cover? No, but that Mia yeah, might have. I don't know. Like they just they just no. This is like new. Oh no! It's they did a cover of Weeds and man, I'll be honest, I don't give a shit about Life of Agony besides that's River Runs Red. That's fine, and this is this is Weeds, so it's not River Runs Red. So, but on top of just like, because I like um, I like the other Life of Agony stuff, not the newest shit. Um, but this rec, this song was the their cover was not good. Um. Anyways, yeah, like they had, they had a few other records, um, the negatives, and then world won't listen. But like negatives, fucking rules. It sounds like stuff for survive, to me. Actually, yeah, you're right. I love and I. Hey, I remember I showed Charlie it, because like he used to really be into them, for like because of his age, like the first or the second, third record he really liked, and then he kind of like fell off of them. And I was like telling him one day, I was like, yo, this is a good like. You love new metal. You love stuff for survive. Go listen to it. It's really good. Like, I, I remember when that record came out. People weren't looking for that. Like, they wanted another Metallica record, and I feel like people like were like, "Kid, yeah, never mind. I'm I'm dropping out at this point from this band." But so they started doing the like mixed bill tours, which can either like boost your band up way further or like make you lose touch from like your original fan base. And I feel like that's kind of what happened with them. Agreed. Um, but yeah, no prying eyes is a really good, but without a pulse. Yeah, that was, um, definitely had some really good songs and just, I know I, one time I heard them play some older, some stuff off of this and it actually hit, um, like it's like, it hit in a. It played at Quesadilla Factory years ago, and and people were were about it. Last time I, okay, not the last time I saw them, but Alone played with them one time, and they played one or two songs off the first record. And I feel like I was the only person that like knew the words, and was like freaking out. But I was like, it's just sick. This is the record I've listened to. Like this, just the way the snare drum on that record sounds is so cool. So. We're gonna. I want you. We can go faster. We'll, I want to do this in reverse. We'll do the outliers, yeah. and then we'll and then we'll finish up with the uh, bands that sort of fizzled out. So outliers. Most of these. Um, I'd say only well, only two. I have I have any opinion on. I have opinions on three of them. 
So for the crowned offsides and no harm done, I have no opinion. No idea. No, no idea. This was submitted in those on on the Twitter, and I was maybe people liked them. I don't. I mean, someone did, but they were never on my radar. Nope. Um, HopeCon. I don't feel like they were. That's a weird. I didn't. I would have uh, put them somewhere else, but not as an. I do you think they're an outlier? I think with a certain age range, I don't think young kids. I mean, there's obviously some young kids, but I think as a whole, I don't think young people care about HopeCon. And I think that if they do care about HopeCon, it's old, heavy HopeCon. I know a ton of people my age that still constantly post about them, so I don't think that they're forgotten in the grand scheme of hardcore, as with like a lot of these bands aren't. But I think they're completely... I guess forgotten, maybe, but I think they're completely lost on young people. Um, the or only... Like, I mean, like, when we were on, when we played San Diego, I found a HopeCon shirt for, I think, 20 bucks or 10 bucks, in my size, which was crazy. Um, picked it up, I've worn it around younger people, and I've, I guess shows here, and I've asked them if they've, like, ever listened to HopeCon, and I've never been once told yes. Yeah, not many people I know around, like, talk about it, especially, like, the young kids don't talk about HopeCon. Um, if I ever see any records getting mentioned, it's Colt Blue, um, which I like some of the... I like. like they were one of the first hardcore bands, like, we'll say more traditional hardcore bands that I, like, got into when I was younger and, like, immediately was, like, hooked. Like, I think I bought EndNote when I... Before I even worked at Hot Topic, that they had it there. I really like EndNote, Cold Blue. Uh, it was like for the songs. Sometimes it would just depend on the song, like vocally for me. Like um, is an ass beater. I really love it. Was some I loved the mosh parts, but some parts the vocals really like annoyed me. The first record definitely has like the kind of like very aggressive talky parts which I think I really I really liked it because it kind of reminded me of like Old Poison the Well or like um, just like that style but then they also had that File 3 7 inch on Bridge 9 which is insane yeah like I, I would say File 3 and on was like you had me like from like beginning to end and even like the slower stuff on the last record, I really like it. It was some of it, I would say, is slow and repetitive, Fuck but like it. It, it was catchy in a way I liked. I love all their stuff. It's just like when they bums bums me out. I was like, I read some interviews with them, and they like they hate their old stuff, and they like they just hate it. To where I think if they ever did play a show again, they would play new material, like newer material, you know, like later era HopeCon. I feel like a lot of people. I mean, people would be into the, some of that stuff, but I feel like people would want to hear the old shit. Like, that's what they would want to hear. Um, attitude. Know nothing ever, about this there? band. Nope. Don't know shit. I think they're on 1917 records. I haven't listened to this. I think I listened to it once, like, five years ago. Just to, like, I was like, oh, I forgot about this band. Very fine. Just, like, 
hardcore, kind of like, kind of punk, kind of moshy. I don't remember what it sounds like. I know what the album cover looks like. Um, I think they played Sound Fury a couple times. Um, Signs of Hope. Um, I know this band literally only because it shared a record label with Never Looking Back. Um, and I, I really loved that band. Like, um, early, just like early on when I was in, when I was in late high school. So, um, they were melodic hardcore. Yeah. So they were on detonate records. Um, I haven't listened to, to them that much since, um, they toured a little, they toured a little bit like towards like, I think I they toured a little bit in 2010, and I saw them once then. Very they melodic. Played, they played here one time. I didn't go to any of these shows. They played here, I think, three or four shows in a two-day period. I they don't just, think anyone cared about this band that much. So, the first time I saw them, they played a garage here. It was... Honestly, very sick. But looking at the band, it seemed like a hodgepodge of members that they just kind of like threw together for the tour. And that's kind of what I've... I discussed this with other people that had seen them, and they kind of said the same thing over the years. Like, it kind of just seemed... I'm not saying this is a fact, but it kind of seemed like the singer would just find people to, like, fill in for tour. And... um I remember when I got their record, it was like, oh, for fans of In My Eyes, 10-yard fight. And I was I was always way more into the Youth Crew revival stuff over, like, the original Youth Crew stuff. And um, I was like, oh, sick. And I remember I, like, picked up their, like, album or whatever. And looking back, it's, like, it's just, like, very corny. It's, like, well done for what it is, but, like, I can't take it seriously in the slightest. And it's, like, one of those, like, youth crew records that has, like, weirdly, like, way too heavy of breakdowns on it. From what I remember listening back, it I, I tied it in with bands like Set It Straight and Final Fight. From what oh, I yeah, remember. like, it was youth crew, but it was, like, almost more leaning into, like, yeah, but if you really, like, set it straight and, like, um, just, like, bands like that, like, that's more who this would appeal to as opposed to someone who's into, like, the East Coast, like, straight-edge stuff from, like, the late 90s. And then, um, weirdly, I mean, because I was saying they've played here a bunch of times, so there's a lot, like, a lot of kids are super into them here, but just, like, watching, like, live video. I remember, like, one day I went, like, like this was a long time ago at this point, but I went down, like, a Signs of Hope YouTube rabbit hole, and I got the vibe that they always played shows where they were, like, the punk band on the show. You know, like, playing with, like, more tough hardcore bands. That's an interesting vibe. Sometimes that works out, sometimes not so much. I feel like... I honestly feel like that's what Dare does. Like, most of the tours they do are with, like, heavier hardcore bands. And I feel like a lot of kids that like Dare 
don't listen to other bands that sound like they're. But, like, it's working for them, and I feel like sometimes, like, it can really work for your band, or sometimes it can be, like, signs of hope. So, but, bands that sort of fizzled out. Uh, Kids Like Us. They were huge. I love that band. We talked a little bit on the last one how I felt like having a southern vibe to your um to your band was a very of the era um yep. sound. So so if you put that in, you're you kind of get stuck in that in that era. Um I loved it. Um they did not take themselves super seriously, so I think that's what probably like from a longevity standpoint, especially. Yeah. Um, I played with them here once in my old band. Crashed with me. They were super nice. Um, I know they had like a bunch of lineup changes. And I, I... From what I remember, there were previous members that weren't so well received within the hardcore community. So I think that kind of probably hurt them to an extent. But... Man, there was a time where, like, again, they were kind of like that band, like, because they were on Eulogy. Like, if you were into heavier stuff, they were the more, like, punk band that I feel like a lot of kids were into. And they had, like, silly merch. Um, I thought their lyrics were cool, but they were kind of silly, you know? Yeah, as a younger person, I wasn't listening to so much hardcore in, like, in, like, early, mid-high school. So, like, I came across this, was it, um... Monster Squad in a mix. So, like, I think when I was younger, the more ridiculous lyrics kind of caught me, and I had and it it I had fun with it. Oh yeah, they're sick. Um, stick together. Talked about this last time. Um, they kind of they kind of missed me going into this uh, into that decade. Um, but I've gone back back and I've. I could have seen myself liking it a lot more if I gave it a chance. I think they're a band that is hurt by not having their cool record. I mean, I liked all their releases, but they don't have their, like, you know, air quotes, cool records on Spotify. Yeah, like none of the, the good stuff. I didn't really care for the 2015 record either. There was a minute where, like, they were like a hype beast merch band. Like, not to say their music, like, I feel like there's, like, weird negative connotations around, like, a band not being good when you say that, but the X-Step hand shirt, the stick-together five panel, like, and then the stick-together, like, kind of, like, spray painty looking like, graffiti t-shirt, those are everywhere. Um, let's see, let's see, let's, um, Rise and Fall. Uh, saw this band... Once I still I, they sound fine. I just there was something about them that I could never really get into. I think with them, they're like one band that I think each record they sounded different on. It still sounded like them, but their really old stuff sounded like Clevo hardcore. Very very moshy. And they got picked up by Deathwish, and then the next record had much more of like a Deathwish sound to it. But they were still playing a lot of mosh parts, but like through that lens. 
Like, I remember I saw them at Sound Fury in 07, and some dudes tried to start a fire with me and my friends because of, like, me moshing during their set and, like, hitting people and stuff. But um, then they kind of got more, not experimental, but I feel like they just got, like, weirder, more Death Wishy through the releases. And then I think the fact that they were from, I think they were from Belgium. Um, I mean, they might be bigger over there. I'm not sure, but at least in the States, if, like, a lot of times that doesn't help your case for, like, popularity, you know, and longevity. But uh, I don't know very many young kids that reference or even talk about Rise and Fall, so I kind of feel like they've been lost on a lot of younger kids. And I was fairly young when I saw them. Like, so I saw that they were on a tour with Alpha and Omega, and that tour. And I saw and I saw them, and but I went with a group of people. And there's this. There was this. Um, I was busy. I was busy trying to hit on this Christian girl during the Rise and Fall set. So I was. What a show very, to be. What? Like, I said, what a show to be at as like a Christian kid. I feel like that is a very. A very agnostic show. Dude, okay, so yeah, I was having a hard time too because I was like, I was trying to buy a shirt from Alpha and Omega and like everything had like some sort of like double <laughs> symbol. So I was like, so I, but I bought one that had like a, I have, I have it still has a pocket print and like a, like a, like a Satan symbol. And I, I wore it to church and nobody, nobody caught on. So. That rocks. Um, I'm gonna skip one of them on here. I'm just gonna. T- I think we should just take it off. The more I've seen a lot of people tweet about it lately. The TIC one. Um, yeah, I don't. I think that's. Uh, we, I think it's a very niche thing. Like people that like them still, I think, really like them. Yeah. It's, they got mentioned in that thread a few times, but I'm kind of in my head. I'm like, like people still like them a lot. I'm just I'm just going to I'm just going to say it just we won't dwell on it but think I care I think the first record gets a lot more love than it should it's not I the one with the fucking Jack Nicholson um yeah. face like that one is is hot gets a lot of hype when I thought the last record was really good the Bridge 9 one Yeah Bridge 9 one was good I think that one gets a lot of it gets a little bit of hate from the people who like the earlier stuff Yeah um, Mongrel, I think is the, is top, is top tier. Um, I love that record and just like angry, mean and unhinged. Very angry. Like uh, I love that, that, that's, that's, that's angry. So yeah, I think, I think I don't consider them as forgotten. Cause I think people like, there's a lot of people who like metallic hardcore, who like the, who, who still like the um, the Bridge Nine stuff, and then there's a lot of people who like the faster, more like sheer terror um material as well. So it's like I think I think I see a lot of people still like the first and the last release. Um, we'll throw these two together: Wrong Side and Razzle Dazzle. Wrong Side, I have. N- I don't really have an opinion. I never I. Saw oh, the name thrown around, didn't care. They're, they're so sick. Um, I want to say when Twitching, I think it was, yeah, when Twitching Tongues played um, 
LDV Fest last year. They played a wrong side song during their set. And I saw quite a few people I know sharing it, and in my head I'm like, I know for a fact you've never listened to the wrong side. And it was a clip just of them playing a wrong side intro. But band rules, I think one thing that hurts them is they put out barely any material. They have, like, that one record. Um, it's cool. It's weird. Like, vocals are different in a good way. Um, and, I mean, both of these are just, like, we were talking about, like, earlier, like, locking out bands, which is, like, a very, like, a very niche audience. And the people that like it still really like it. But um, there's also, like, that kind of level of exclusivity with it. All right, I guess we're gonna f- end it on a weird, on a on a interesting note, um, with Razzle Dazzle. I feel like over the last uh, last like five years, the only mention of this band is mainly in people selling merch or selling or selling merch from this band on Merch Swap. Dude, they'll go through phases where their merch is like hot. I'm so out of the merch game. I don't. Even, I don't even know if that's still a thing in hardcore now. I don't know. I don't know, man. I've yeah. I'm, I'm too adult to like. It really... was big. Yeah, like, <laughs> I feel like when, the, I feel like once people figured out you could sell shit on Facebook, it was really big. And I feel like that's kind of fizzled out over the last couple of years. And I mean, now there's like deep, deep pop, but I almost at the same time feel like people aren't quite as, like, merch-hungry as they used to be. Now everyone's like, oh, I want to wear, like, Carhartt. And, like, um, I don't know. Like, but, yeah, they had... I remember seeing their merch go for, like, absurd amounts of money, especially for, like, the designs and knowing what it's printed on. Not that, like... To a certain extent, I can't imagine paying 50 bucks for a shirt that was printed on a Gildan shirt from 10 years ago. I know. It was just like the people, I don't, I didn't look at the age range of anything though, but like, I feel like that band was so of an era like that. I could not see most like any younger kids wanting to look back on that, especially like repetition on the Southern thing. Like, and how fucking ridiculous this band was. I loved, I didn't like their second record. It just didn't, like, click for me. And I, it got, that to me, that was a little more, like, twangy. But the first album, just of such an era, and, like, silliness, and, like, the music, like, not that it was sloppy, but it also wasn't that, like, good. No, not even. But at the same time, it was so sick. And, like, I'm not listening to hardcore because it needs to be good. I just want it to be enjoyable. But um, I feel like on the first, I don't know, like, if it was, like, a collection. I don't remember or if it was, like, a 7-inch or an e- a demo or whatever. But I remember my friend showing it to me. We were driving around in his truck in Alaska, and it was a very, like, big Alaskan truck and had a really big sound system in it. And he showed this to us. He was like, I just got this off Soul Seek. Like, this band is so sick. And they were listening to it. And everyone in the car, I think minus one kid, but we were all, everyone else was straight edge. And he's like, yo, this part is so cool. Like, they recorded 
the guy like um lighting up and smoking weed on the recording so like it kind of fades <laughs> out you hear him light it and they hit the mosh part I was like this is so cool and he's like I don't even care if I'm straight he's like this is sick and like I was like yeah I don't smoke weed but like I find that weirdly comical and like fun like um I don't def they always kind of also remind me of, of like um kind of like VC Boys they had that VC Boys vibe to me and they especially the one single they had sounded like fucking fight for your right to party or whatever they did the one song that was like they did a one like interlude that had like an easy e that sounded exactly like that easy e song um fuck i forgot i forgot what it was but they did that whole like fucking just like a clap rap thing where just it was just literally just the drums and then they rapped over it yeah um but it it was fun it's I don't know how much it holds up now, but like for anybody who was like listened to hardcore in that era and just liked ha- liked to have Bright fun, and cops. yeah. Which is like I don't know. I like that. I like that shit. I like having fun. Like um, I like like it was like not everything needs to be serious. It was like like if. It matches the energy of like what power actually had good music, but create like really good music, but like a crazy like party vibe to it. But this was oh, like yeah. like party music and party vibe. This was the thing where I think that like if Razzle Dazzle and Power would have toured together in two thousand six, Power would have been way bigger. Because I feel like they were a band, like, they toured so much. And I feel like they were definitely, like, slept on. Their music is better, too. Not, like, I mean, obviously, like, you've seen them a ton of times. Like, when they, especially, like, the last Rainfest, like, that set was insane. But, um, I feel like to, like, other areas, like, they, like, I'm rambling, but basically... Sonically, a more polished, better version of, we'll say, party hardcore. And then, um, yeah. Their, their music video was ridiculous, too. That video was fucking sick. Um, yeah. Honestly, I don't mind. I haven't listened to them in a long time, and I re-listened to them, like, today. And I'm just like, I'm not Dude, mad. I'm not mad at this. I love that first record. It's so sick. Like it actually does like, it's like they're like, you talked about like the sloppiness, like it's like they, they get sloppy. And then when they, when they feel like they want to get dialed in, they dial in. It's charming. Like there's that one song that has like the harmonic, the harmonic parts at the beginning. And he's like basically like rapping over it. And it's just sick. Like it's just fun. And, I feel like there's not a lot of current bands that are fun. They're fun live. Like to me, Drain is one of the only current bands that has a fun experience. Sepultura on a surfboard. Yeah, like to where 
I mean, this coming from someone who plays in a very quote-unquote serious hardcore band. Yeah. But at the same time, I think that in order to appreciate serious music and, like, we'll say technical music or, like, just whatever, I think you should have fun bands. And, like, um, do you follow that Instagram account, Return of the Pit? I do not. It was It's a photographer from the East Coast, and he mostly put... I think he still goes and takes photos of, like, current shows, but his account mostly posts a lot of stuff from, like, 2000 to 2007 in Boston. Yeah. And looking at some of the lineups for shows, I'm like, this is fucking crazy. Just, like, all under the same guise of hardcore, but, like, they're being, like, a very woke serious hardcore band oh here's a really fast band here's a very tough band here's a very silly band and they're all playing the same show and like when you look at pictures of the crowd like it doesn't look weird yeah and it makes sense whereas i feel like nowadays that's a much more rare thing so and that honestly you should follow that account it's just funny to look how people dress back then so this has been part two i don't think we will not have to do a part three um, nope. Listen, if you didn't listen to the first one, listen to all of them. Take your fucking time. They're <laughs> these are long. Um, you can send us, send me, um, emails deadairnwcz at gmail dot com. Questions, comments, concerns. Add on, add any information that we're missing. Um, these are not. We do deep dive into some of these bands, but we're this isn't. A complete deep dive. This is just us trying to go as fast as we can down the list of what other people have provided for us. So yeah, put all this for everyone else. Yeah, thank you for listening, Devin. I'm sure we'll come up come up with the next thing we're gonna talk about. Um, we'll figure it out. And uh, yeah, you're listening to Dead Air. Peace. Peace out.